Well, good morning, everybody. Y'all doing? Y'all have a good week. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm I'm super excited about today um, because I think all of us in this room we can kind of say that we live with a little bit of disruption, right? Have you ever have your have your plans ever been disrupted? Okay, yeah. So mine have. I don't know about yours, but mine has for sure. But you know, we started this series last week, and we we called this series called Fire Starter, and because in each of us there's there's a there's something maybe maybe it's this like um like this wellspring of life and like we've barely tapped into it see joshua would i said it last week joshua would tell us in chapter 20 that he said it's like fire that's trapped up in our bones right it's just waiting have you have you ever been trapped i got stuck in a hole one time y'all that was back when i was a little bit bigger and i couldn't pull myself up out of it you know, I mean, this week I found out I have three chances to pull myself up out of the hole. We were doing some pull-up stuff this week at, um, at CrossFit over here next door, and I did it th- three strict pull-ups, and I couldn't do any more, so that means I have three chances to get myself out of this hole. Uh, if after that, I'm, I'm, I'm screwed, okay? Oh, sorry. I messed up, okay? Um, but, like, it's this, life, this, it's this wellspring of life like we, that we barely tapped into. It's this fire that's trapped up in our bones, Joshua would say. This fire gives life, it gives meaning, gives a start to something. That's what we said last week, right? That he's the OG, the original gangster, or we could say it, the original ghost. Like he's a, he's a starter of things, he gives life to things, he does things that are, in the, that are impossible. We said last week that the Holy Spirit is awakening the sleeping giant within us and within you. He's trying to awaken something inside of all of us. He's calling all of us to life. He's his, his calling that which is dead inside of you and me to life. But see, there is this moment in history, y'all, where the Spirit just rushed in. It was, it was the start of something. We know it as the day of Pentecost, right, in Acts 2. We're not going to read Acts 2, so don't freak out. I ain't going to talk about tongues and those kind of things today, okay? Maybe next week, I don't know, we'll see. All right, but we... we the Spirit rushed in, right? And, and the message remix version said it came in like a wildfire. I love that translation. It's like it filled up the whole room. Because like, when the Spirit comes in, there's something, like there's no space that's not covered. See, there's this moment in history where the Holy Spirit disrupted everything. We find that in Acts 2. Everything we thought that was true about the Father, either false thoughts or practices or traditions. Anybody want to let go of some traditions? Hey, and maybe even some of our, um, and this is coming from somebody who has a theology degree, okay? Um, maybe even some of our doctrines may not be exactly lined up with what the Scripture said. Like, he, the Spirit comes in and he disrupts all that. Can you imagine being there on, in Acts 2, the day of Pentecost, you know, when they were there to celebrate a festival, and it was supposed to be just like normal festival, like, you know, they come to every year, they, they come and eat bread, they come and do their thing, they celebrate their harvest, you know, that's what this day was, 50 days after Christ was raised, that's why, why everybody was in Jerusalem. And the Spirit comes in and disrupts that tradition. Like, and that's why everybody was like, what in the world are these people doing? They're already drunk? We just started the festival, like, you know what I'm saying? Because the Spirit does something, He disrupts things. It, it was a disruption in the norm of our everyday life. It's a disruption in our nominal approach to our walk with Christ. That's why Revelation would say, um, I would rather you be, be warm or cold because since you're in between, since you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. That's what Revelation says. Like this nominal walk that we have with Christ sometimes, it, it changes that. It's a disruption in the predictable. I'm tired of predictable, y'all. 
I'm tired of predictable. It's, it's a disruption in the predictable that, that's leading to the implausible. When the Holy Spirit rushes in, he disrupts everything we thought, disrupts our plans, disrupts what we think or feel, and here's why. And it's the title of today. The Holy Spirit, he is here for the disruption. He's here for the disruption. It may be a loss of that job. It may be that financial change. It may be you fill in the blank, that where you feel like life has been disrupted. And maybe that's the point where the Holy Spirit's trying to do something new in you. He's here to wreck everything you thought you knew and lead you to a life of the impossible. And here's what I want you to know about this today. This, if, you, if you miss everything about today, here's what you need to know, and it's this. Disruption is not a threat. It's an invitation. Disruption is not a threat. It's an invitation, y'all. Like, it may seem like a threat. Like, when you lose that job, it can be, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? You know? Or like when, when I first moved down here, I told this story before, I first moved down here and I applied to work at Knox County Schools and I made a boo-boo back when I was like in high school that was supposed to be off my record. You know what I'm saying? You remember that story? And I walk into the interview and they're like, why didn't you tell us about this? Well, we weren't supposed to find out about that. You know? It's supposed to be expunged off my record. Um, I was, I, that was like 12 years ago, y'all. Can we just drop that? You know? And they weren't going to hire me and I'm sitting there going in my car. But God, you called me to this. This, there, this is a little bit of a disruption in my plan. I viewed it as a threat instead of an invitation. Because it was an invi- when the Holy Spirit comes in and he disrupts, it's not a threat, it's an invitation to dig deeper. That's why, you know, that, you know, that passage in the Bible says, take heart, I've overcome the world. Well, if you look at that take heart part, what that literally means in the, in, in the Greek is that you have to grab hold, get your hands dirty, dig in deep with those nails. I'm getting way off task here. This disruption may look like a threat because it will make you re-examine everything you thought and believed. And I want to show you that. Hopefully I'll show you that. Hopefully I do a good enough job. But I want to share with you a story. And it's really a story of two different people but the same per- but in the same story that were disrupted but also had two different invitations. And see, Jesus had died at this point, risen from the dead, he appeared to his disciples. They had ascended into heaven. Okay, he had ascended into heaven. The Holy Spirit's already came through, and some powerful things are happening. People's lives are being flipped upside down, y'all. People's lives are being changed, they're, but they're facing major persecution. They're facing major persecution, especially by this man whose name was Saul. And Saul was this, like, if Saul was, like, who's that bad guy on The Walking Dead? I, that thought just came to mind. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, never mind. I'm a sinner. I'm, listening, I'm watching Walking Dead. Uh, what is his name? Negan. Like Negan. He's like this Negan guy who just killed everybody. Like if, if you were, if you don't know who Negan is, just look it up, okay? But he's, the uh, only reason I say this is because I saw a picture of him on Facebook while I was scrolling earlier, okay? <laughs> um, I shouldn't have took that ibuprofen today. Um, so, so, so there's this Saul, right? He, he's, like, he's like that Negan. He, 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 his, his job, I mean, he was, just, he was good. Like, when it comes to Jewish tradition and Jewish law, this dude knew his thing, y'all. Like, he was the best of the best when it came to the Jewish religion. Even so, the fact that he would, he would kill people of the way or people like me and you. And let me just, let me just show you this. Like, he, like, you know the guy who, uh, when they stole Stephen, who was holding, his co- holding everybody else's coats, who was throwing the stones? That was Saul, giving approval of what was going on. 
But this, 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 is, this is incredible story of disruption. Incredible story of disruption. It says this right here in Acts chapter 9. Acts was written by our friend Luke, okay? He's a doctor. Uh, and so, he, so everybody needs a doctor, right? Verse 1. When, meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogue in Damascus asking for their cooperation in arrest of any followers of the way. That's me and you. It was me and you that were found there, that he found there. He wanted to bring them both, men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. And put, hey, put yourself in the story right here. Being a Christ follower in this, in this time period where this man had papers giving him the right by the rulers of that day to kill you for just believing in the gospel. You talk about, ooh, you talk about, that's a hard road to walk. That's why, like in Romans, what it says, confess with your mouth. Those who confess with their mouth will be saved. Like, this is what this is about. This is about, hey, when you're on the street and they ask you who is Lord, who are you going to say? Caesar or Jesus? Like, that's, that's, the, that's, that's this. Like he, had, like, he would walk up to you and go, do you believe in this Jesus or do you, or do you follow, follow our law? And if they said Jesus, either dead instantly, you're putting chains heading back to Jerusalem for trial and then probably dead. Like, put yourself, that'd be a tough time to live through, right? For, so that makes you pause the question, what would your answer be? But that's a whole other sermon. Okay, verse 3, it says, As he was approaching Damascus on... Uh, as he, as he was approaching Damascus on, on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly, a light from heaven disrupted and shone down around him. This light from heaven disrupted him on his mission. He fell to the ground and heard vo a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why aren't you doing what I've called you to do? Why, haven't you, why aren't you doing what the invitation that the Holy Spirit's given you to do. Why aren't you doing that? Who are you, Lord? You notice that question mark right there? Like you wanted just to cover all bases. Like, I don't know who's talking to me, but are, are, you, are you, Lord? Or, and, and so it says, Saul asked, and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city. Like Jesus in this moment had the right to strike him dead for killing his people. But instead he says, get up. You may feel like you've done everything you can to, be, to, to go against the God of heaven, against the God who died for you, and he's sitting here telling you right now, get up and go. Don't sit here and swallow, swallow in this mess. Get up and go into the city, and, I will be, and you will be told what you must do. In verse 7 it says, The men with Saul stood speechless because when God interrupts you, when the Holy Spirit disrupts you, people around you are going to notice. The men, men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. I bet they were freaking out, y'all. Verse 8, Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So, he, so his companions led him to, by, hand, by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Like this is a crazy story, right? A crazy story of disruption. And it's this disruption that would change the trajectory of Saul's life forever. It's a few chapters later, his, his, name, his name is changed to Paul, right? And you want to know why? 
Because when the Holy Spirit disrupts, he changes our whole identity. When the Holy Spirit disrupts, he changes our, our whole identity. You're not who you used to be. He gave Saul and he gives us a new identity. That's why, that's why this Saul, whose name was changed to Paul, would write to the Corinthian church. He would write this. He would say, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. You're not bound by who you were anymore. You're not defined by your old identity. You are a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. You can't tell me when you are disrupted by the Holy Spirit that you stay, you stay the same. You can't tell me that. Like, cause Here's what I know, because I, I knew how crazy I was before. I got, he, the Holy Spirit's like, I've got to shake some, something, something within you. I've got to change your mindset. I've got to change what you're used to do. Let me break up some of your traditions. Let me break up some of your ways of thinking. Let me change up some of the ways in which you've been living. Let me change some stuff within you. Right now, the Holy Spirit, for some, maybe somebody in here, is causing a disruption right now so that you can know him for the first time. To get this new identity like Saul did. This change of who you are. You know, maybe, maybe you're here and you've been a Christian for a long time, but you've kind of become blind. You've, had, you've become blind to the things that God's doing in you because you've said no so many times. And God's sitting here going, I'm trying to wake the giant within you. I'm trying to let that fire out. But here's the thing about Saul's disruption and really our disruption is that your disruption could be for the many. Your disruption could not be just for you. Your disruption could go or could be for the many. Our identity is changed to reach many. You see, the world is waiting for your obedience to this invitation. The world is waiting. See, the only way the stuff that's going on in culture right now and around the world is going to be changed is that if the people that are, that are, have that fire within them, that fire starter within them, if they step out and do something about it. The, the world is waiting for your obedience to the invitation of your disruption. Saul, whose name, whose name was changed to Paul, spread the gospel throughout the known world. Like many people were changed because of his disruption. Because he did blindly what the, what the Lord told him to do is stand up and go and, and go. But see, that's not just the end of the story, is it? Because there's a second part of this. There's a second character in this story. Anybody remember who this, what his name was? No? Okay, because... Most people forget about this man in the story because his story is just as powerful. He's already a believer. Listen, listen to this. Now, there was a believer, somebody like me and you, in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord spoke to him in a vision calling, Ananias! Yes, yes, Lord? Can you imagine like, being able to have a conversation with God like that? I'd be, I don't know if I'd say yes, Lord, or ooh, I need to go change my underwear. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yes, Lord. Give me one second. Let me go change. Yes, Lord, he replied. And the Lord said, go over to Straight Street. So it's already an invitation to go somewhere. Go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man, for, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. Oh, man. That automatically 
get something bubbling within him. You'll see why here in a second. He is praying to me right now. So the person who was on his way to kill the people of the way is now part of the way because he's praying to the person of the way. And I'm just saying. So like God's already preparing the person that you're supposed to intervene with. That what you're, like he's already working. That's why it says he goes before us. He's praying to me right now. Verse 12, I have shown him a vision of a man named Anna. So, so somebody can just become a believer and already have a vision. Um, that's a whole other story. Um, I've shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. Okay, here's, here's, here's this. this I love, I, this is the one time that I don't love the word but. Uh, and none of us should love, love the word but because it says this. It says, but Lord. Hold on a So here's, here's Ananias. Okay, so hold on a minute, Lord. I'm supposed to go talk to this guy named Saul who I know is here to kill people like me. Like, like you know that, Jesus, right? Like, I'm, he's here to kill me. Like, so if I step into the room with him, like, you realize that my life is over. I thought you were supposed to be a protector. I thought you were supposed to be a defender. I thought you were an overcomer. And he doesn't even know that the dude's praying at home, praying to this guy who he's talking to. But Lord exclaimed, and I see, here's the story. I've heard many people talk about the terrible things because we church people listen to people way too much. I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priests, like the rulers of, of our land uh, have sent him here to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But who's calling on his name now? So, see, he doesn't even know that God's already working. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is, is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings as well as to the people of Israel. And if it wasn't for this, let me just pause right here for a second. I would sit in my notes. I'm going to say this. If Paul's, Paul's disruption never happened, most likely us sitting in this room would never happen. Because he was the one who shared the message of the gospel to Gentiles, people like me and you. So don't hate on Saul right now. The people of Israel, in verse 16, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul. Can you, can you imagine for a minute? I mean, I'm almost going to keep on reading. So Ananias went and found Saul, and he, let, he laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul. So just a minute ago he said, this guy's here to kill. Now he's calling him his brother. The Holy Spirit's softening your heart here. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Nice was in a tough predicament, right? A choice between the safety of his life and the call of God. The of his life and the disruption of the Holy Spirit in his life telling him to go. He had a, he had a hard choice. And some of us, when the Holy Spirit disrupts our lives, listen, it's, it's, it's the hard choice. You mean, you mean I'm going to have to have that conversation with them? Probably. You mean I'm going to have to change that about my life? I may have to delete some things? Yeah, you may have to. Because here's the deal. And what Ananias learned is that the Holy Spirit may disrupt your comfort zone. The Holy Spirit may make you a little uncomfortable, y'all. It may not be all padded seats and air conditioning. It may disrupt your comfort zone. See, I've heard it said, I've heard it said like this, you know. I've heard it said like this. The safest place to be is in the middle of God's will. Anybody ever heard that before? 
they are totally wrong. Totally. Like, it's the best place to be. I mean, tell that to the disciples. Where almost all of them died horrific deaths because they followed the disruption into the invitation that led to their death, preaching the gospel of Jesus. They weren't part of, they didn't stay in their comfort zone. That can't be true. Now, I know this, and it's, it's this. You can never fulfill your calling in your comfort zone, y'all. If you're always doing what you've always done, nothing's ever going to happen. You may get a, a spark every once in a while. I mean, not every time you strike that match do you get, get a blaze, right? You may get that little singe every once in a while in your comfort zone, but you'll never know the fullness of what God and what the Holy Spirit can do in you in that disruption until you step out of your comfort zone. But here's the thing, you know, Paul's disruption was for many. And Ananias' disruption was for the one. So here's the thing, your disruption may be just for the one. So I, there's this, you know, we, just give you an illustration, like we had just signed the lease on this building. Me and dad were over here like every day. I'm going to give dad props like, sometimes he was here till like, 4 o'clock in the morning. I was already at home asleep, y'all, okay? Listen, but we had so much stuff to do here. Then I, I get a phone call it, from, from Anthony Norris. He's a principal over at the middle school. He goes, hey, man, I need some help. Can you come hand out packets of work for the kids? And, like, in reality, like, I wanted to help, but there was so much stuff to get done here. It, was a, it would be a disruption for me to leave what I'm doing here to go do that. You with me? But I kind of feel like I needed to. Like, okay, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to get to have conversations with kids. It's going to be awesome. Well, there's like two kids that showed up to pick up work that day. Surprise. <laughs> Sorry, that was rude. <laughs> that was rude of me. But this, what, 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 I, what I didn't know was that this disruption was really an invitation. Because I'm sitting there at this table. I'm thinking, okay, when I get down here, I'm going to have to go back there. I'm going to have to paint the walls and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not really there, but there. You know what I'm saying? Everything that I have to get done. And this teacher walks up to me and goes, hey, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah, sure. What's up? Need me help you do something in your classroom? Like, no, what do I, what do, I do? Because my husband decided a few years ago that God wasn't real. How do I answer his questions? And it made me stop for a minute. Wait, this disruption in my schedule was for her. This disruption in my life was for her. That disruption that you get when you're walking down the grocery store aisle with your mask on, looking all cute and stuff. Maybe when you're passing that person and they say, and, they, and, you, and you feel that intuition of saying, maybe they just need you to say, hey, you look pretty in that dress today. Or, hey, stop and pray with them for a minute. Ask them if they're good. Maybe that, maybe that urging that you feel of going, you know what, I need to buy that person lunch tomorrow. Do it. Because that disruption is an invitation to see what God can do. See what God can do in you. Your disruption may be just for the one, like Ananias. See, the Holy Spirit, do it like this. We can say it like this. 
this disruption that you have, this Holy Spirit's disruption that you have for the one maybe may to lead you to do for one what you wish you could do for many. Do for one what you wish you could do for the many. Do for the one. Derek, I don't know if I can do, do stuff for the many. I don't, I don't have the money to buy my whole business lunch. I'm with y'all, y'all. But you could do it for one person. I, I don't know if I have the words. I don't know if I can speak in front of a big group of people. Yeah, but you're really good at one-on-one talk. So maybe your disruption is for you to sit down at the lunch table with somebody instead of by yourself. Maybe that disruption that you're having is for you, is for you to do for the one what you wish you could do for many. And that may be just pouring your life. Hey, I'm going to, the, I'm going to Walmart. And I, and I know it's crazy there, and we're both crazy, so let's just go together. And then where you can start just sharing life with. Do for the one what you wish you could do for the many. Maybe that's what the Holy Spirit's disruption is for you. You know, this, this kind of, when I was preparing this, it kind of reminded me of the story that I heard once. It was around the Atlanta, Georgia area, and this, and this higher, like the, the whole bit. This high school student said, said that became a follower of Jesus and was on fire. Like the, the Holy Spirit was moving through him. And he, and he was a junior when he became a believer. So during that summer, he made a pledge along with many other people that he was going to share the gospel with everyone in his school. Everyone. I don't know how big the school was. It could have been like five people, private school, or it could be like a hundred and something. I don't know. But he made, a, he made a deal. I'm going to share the gospel with everyone at my school. And he didn't get the chance to. Like he's going through the like first part of the year and going, man, I haven't had any opportunity to share my faith. But at the same time, he's struggling with it. There's just there's this other student. He's a junior. Well, you know, he's a junior, and why this one's a senior now, and and he has a horrible home life. Right? His dad had left him. He was abused by his mom. He was addicted to drugs, and so he got he himself got addicted to drugs and alcohol. And one day he got doped up and was drinking real bad. And he went out and he and he he was driving driving his car and he had a wreck and almost killed somebody. Well, the school had some consequences for him, but part of for what he could for him to come back to school, he had to be a part of this peer counseling group. Well, guess who he got matched up with, y'all? This one boy who said, "I'm gonna share the gospel with the whole school." So they start doing life together. He, eventually, he goes to church with this man, with this boy, this this senior, and the, and this guy, kid who was drunk, who had a bad 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 home life, became a follower of Jesus. Was it got on fire for God? And then graduation happened, and he was the only one that that one boy was the only person that he could share the gospel of Jesus with. And he was so defeated, y'all. Yeah, one person is a great story. Like the angels celebrating heaven over one. But he didn't meet his goal. So he goes off to college. The boy that he led to Jesus is now a senior. And see, this, this one kid who once was a drunk, and drunk, almost killing somebody in a car, is now a follower of Jesus, gets approached by the school. They're doing this Mothers Against Drunk Driving campaign thing. They're going to have the whole school in the gym. And they said, hey, we want you to come share your story about how the choices that you've made overcame, you were over, overcome your addictions and how you have a better life now. Because they wanted him to say, oh, we just tried, just tried harder. 
You know what I'm saying? They, they wanted that kind of story. So one day he calls up his friend while he's in college and goes, you would never get to guess what I got to do today. And he's like, what? He goes, see, they asked me to speak at this rally where the whole school was there. And they expected me to say this one thing. And he goes, but guess what I said? And the other boy was like, what, man? He said, I got that microphone, and I said, I know that what they, I know they want me to come up here and say I tried harder, I did better, but it wasn't me. It was the Holy Spirit and what Jesus Christ did in my life to the whole school. So what this one kid did, sharing with one kid, his disruption was for the one, led to the one going to the many. There's one passage that says, don't fret the small beginnings, but God loves small beginnings. Your disruption is either for the many or it's for the one. But the Holy Spirit is calling each of us in here. Either you're a believer or not a believer. If you're a believer, he's calling you to take your next steps, whatever those next steps may be. Maybe for you, you who come in here and you say, you know, I don't know if I believe in Jesus, or maybe you thought you believed in Jesus and you really don't. The Holy Spirit is sending a guy with tattoos and holes in his ears to tell you, and he looks good, to tell, to tell you that you can have a new identity. You don't have to live like everyone else is around you. You can be something different. Because, boy, do we have some, You don't have to worry about living up to everyone else's expectations of you. Because, boy, do we have some expectations put on us, right? No, the only person you have to live up to is what, who Jesus says you are. And guess what? He gives you the ability through the Holy Spirit to do those things. You may, Derek, I'm not qualified. I've, I've messed up. I've done this in my life. I'm not, I'm, I've disqualified myself. No, no. Jesus says, I qualify the disqualified. Listen, if, if you look at the 12 apostles of Jesus and you would say anyone would be disqualified, those 12 would be. And he said, you know what? I'm choosing you. Because I know that you're going to be humble in it. I know you're going to live humbly because I know that. That's why, like, you know, when Moses went up to the mountain, he comes back down, and everybody, the person who's supposed to be the, like, he's got the robe, they, you know, like, got the commandments, he's given Moses the, the, what the robes are going to look like for the priest, and the person who is supposed to be the first priest is down there leading people in the worship of Baal. Remember that story? You think all hope was gone then? That person probably shouldn't have been leading the church, would, should they? And Moses breaks everything, you know. And basically God tells him, the reason, the reason I do that was so he would serve humbly. So when, when people approach him, he would be humble and not boastful. So God's going God's gonna to qualify the unqualified. He's going he's gonna to equip you with the power that you need. So the question becomes, what is the disruption the Holy Spirit is using in your life right now? What is he trying to get you to notice? Because any time we have a disruption, it's the Holy Spirit trying to get us to notice something. So what is He trying to get you to notice? What change is He trying to make in your life that you can be, that you can be effective? Because He wants to change. He wants to change your identity. He wants to give you a new beginning. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But God, being rich in mercy, is here to make you new again. 
So what's the disruption that God's put in your path? What disruption is God doing right now? What is he trying to tell you? What is he trying to speak to you? What is the Holy Holy Spirit trying to kindle that fire inside of you for? Because once we grab a hold of that, we'll be singed and it'll be a good singed, y'all. We won't want to turn back. God, we want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity that we have to be here and worship you, God. God, our prayer is that we can start, we can begin to trust your Holy Spirit, that we can learn to, uh, that we can learn to, to listen to those disruptions. May we stop viewing your disruptions as a threat, but as an invitation to our next steps, to our next life. God, thank you so much for disrupting my life. Whether it be when I was seven and I was hit by a car, if that was my disruption, thank you for my disruption. It was an invitation to a new life. If it's what happened to me between the ages of eight and 13, God, I pray, I, you know, I, I pray that that disruption in my life leads to your glory. God, I pray with, any, with anything that's happened in my life, I pray that this disruption is not viewed as a threat, but as a call to fight for what matters most. And that is your kingdom, not shift church's kingdom, not my personal kingdom, but your kingdom. Because it's your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me be in that will, even as dangerous as it is. I pray for my kids. I pray for my, my, my kids, God. If, you, if, you're, if your will is for them to go into the dangerous, pla- into dangerous places to share your gospel, God, give me peace. If it's, for, if it's a call for me to step out of something that I'm comfortable with, let, so let me see that. And I pray all this in your name.